Well, greetings, folks. Uh, whatever and what time you're uh, sharing in this uh, service of worship for August the 30th, uh, lovely to have you with us and trust that this time will be a time of uh, blessing and reflection and uh, uh, a sense of broadened horizons to the vision of what uh, God is calling us to as, as uh, God's people. Uh, trust this service will be a blessing to you. From before recorded time, the first peoples cared for this land. We praise God, our Creator, for the beauty of this land and we honour those elders and communities who have offered themselves in tending it. Jesus invites us, beckons us, welcomes us here today that His beauty and grace again might become ours as we look to both the horror and the triumph of our Saviour's cross. Beautiful Lord, the bringer of peace in chaos, Hope in fatigue, security in uncertainty, longs to meet with us today in our worship. And so let us join together as we sing in celebration.
We, your followers, praise you. Merciful God, you call us to follow, to turn away from our own selfish interests and to take up our cross and follow you, even if our path ahead is difficult to see or is heading in a direction that we would never have chosen for ourselves. Forgive us for being so quick to question and so hesitant to follow. Help us to turn away from things that do not lead to life, from attitudes and actions that get in the way of our relationship with you and distract us from hearing your voice and doing your will. Open our eyes and ears to your presence and your call. Teach us to follow without fear, knowing that you are always with us, leading the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi kids! Do you like playing Simon Says? Do you want to play a game with me? Let's see how you go. I bet you're really good at this game. Ready? Simon Says, hands on head. Simon Says, hands on shoulders. Simon says, elbows your nose. That one's a tricky one. Simon says, hands on ears. Touch your nose. Did I trick you? Did you touch your nose even though I didn't say Simon says? You know, playing Simon says reminds me a bit of how following Jesus can be hard at times. And just like when Michaela didn't say Simon says, we need to be able to realise when it isn't God instructing us. We have to listen very carefully to the instructions that we are being given. But do you know, even though what we are being asked to do might be hard, Jesus sees the possibilities in us. Jesus sees boys and girls that could help people who are sad and hurting. Or someone that will grow up to be a good leader. Jesus wants us to follow him and show other people around us how much God loves and cares for them. But it won't always be easy. Actually, Jesus said to his disciples that to follow him would be hard. In Matthew 16 verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. What does take up their cross mean? It means that following Jesus may sometimes cost us something. It may mean that we're not popular at school because we don't play the same video games as the other kids. It may mean we don't watch TV shows and movies that other people watch. It may mean that when everyone else is being mean or making fun of someone, we have to be brave and tell them that that's not the right thing. If we choose to follow Jesus, we need to try and be the people that God wants us to be. People who show love and kindness to everyone, not just those others think we should be kind to. People who put God first. And make him more important than any other things in our lives. Did you know that Jesus took up his cross? He actually carried his cross up the hill to where he died for you and me. But even though Jesus knew he was gonna suffer, he knew he was gonna win in the end. So sometimes in our lives, we are going to have to make hard choices. We might need to give up something in order to win. Just like it was tricky to put your elbow on your nose. Sometimes God wants us to do things that are hard. And when we trust in God, and do those hard things, we will see God at work. So just remember that even though following Jesus may not always be easy, trusting God and becoming the people that He wants us to be will all be worth it. Bye! Let us listen for the Word of God in Exodus 3, 1-15. Moses at the burning bush. Moses was keeping 
the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not being burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a land of good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to the Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you, that it is I who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my title for all generations. In this we hear the word of God. Good morning everyone. Let us listen for God's word in Paul's letter to the church in Romans chapter 12 verses 9 to 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. 
Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In this we hear the word of God. Amen. Let us listen for God's word in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 21 to 28. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their crosses and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in this kingdom. In this, we hear the word of God. So the gospel reading for this Sunday, Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 16, uh, really is one of those kind of turning points, hinge points in uh, the story of Jesus. And uh, Matthew picks it up from Mark. Uh, but um, but it is that, that issue of uh, the turning of the, uh, the, what you could call the Galilean campaign, uh, Jesus turns from that almost what looks like to be a popular uprising type of movement, a campaign, uh, to this turning of the face and in some senses maybe realising that this popular campaign strategy is not where it's at, not what's called to be. Uh, and, um, and there's the turning of the face. Jesus turns his face and heads towards Jerusalem. Uh, because the realisation of uh, the dealing with the powers uh, that are against God in the world will not be, uh, that, that will not be won by a, a political and popular campaign uh, in, in Galilee. It will only be done by confronting 
those powers uh, in in Jerusalem and taking up the way the way of the cross as Jesus uh, articulates and so there's in this story you see this uh, this this must this imperative um, that didn't work this is now what must come to be and you, you you do wonder about how long this has been emerging in the mind of Christ and and I think about that for us too I think at times you know we think uh, we hit upon a strategy or a, or a, or a purpose or a or a journey, and think, yeah, this is what it is. This is what God wants me uh, wants me to do, or this is the call that I have on my life. Uh, and you go and pursue it. But there is forever in our, in our journey of discipleship a space of uh, critical reflection uh, and a call to be that space, because uh, truth is a bit more like an onion than anything else. And 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 I think my experience is. You, you think you know, you go and do, and um, you realise you haven't got there yet and there's another layer to what needs to be understood and revealed and incorporated into your life as a disciple of Christ. I know that's been my experience and uh, some of the things you think are the solution, well, they ain't. Um, and uh, part of the Project Plenty journey is going to be that that journey for us too uh, as we uh, live out our calling as, as God's people together. So Jesus shares this story and he's just told uh, Peter that you know, you're the rock and on the rock I'll build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So this is the church that uh, Peter, you're the guy and this is it. And, of course, Peter hearing this story of the, the imperative to go to Jerusalem and to die and to suffer um, can't handle this. So he moves from being the rock on which the church will be built to being the stumbling block the rock that makes Jesus, that is kind of tempted there to make Jesus stumble, the scandal um, uh, that he presents, and there's this visceral reaction from Jesus: "Get behind me, Satan! Uh, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have on your heart the things of God, divine things." Uh, so this is a really dramatic uh, little passage, and um, and it, it, I think, it draws out of uh, it's a window into the life of Jesus, the faith journey of Jesus, and it also is a window into us and our, uh, how we as disciples uh, play out our relationship uh, with, uh, with God in Christ. Um, for we are confronted with this truth also uh, that uh, how many times do we have in our mind, in our hearts, the things that are of God versus the things that are, that are not of God. You and I live in a world uh, where human things are the big dominant message. Uh, everything we watch on TV, just about, um, the culture in which we engage in is, is predicated more and more on, um, on values that aren't the values of the kingdom, that are about um, the achievement of the self, uh, and the self's freedom as defined by being able to do what you want to do and get what you want. Uh, and um, and I was thinking about that, thinking, okay, divine and human things. Well, what are the divine things? How do we understand the divine things? And I have to say, for me, I, I, I get drawn to the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, um, 
for there, Jesus presents this kind of new law, you know, um, the new law of the new people of God. And um, and it, I think if we want to think, if we want to really go into some sort of, well, what are the things that are of God, then I would invite you to contemplate the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are those who seek after righteousness, after truth, after loyalty, after integrity. Blessed are those who seek to make peace between people rather than create conflict and division. Blessed are those who stand up for truth. Blessed are those who live lives of humility and of mercy and are, and are ready uh, to see things as God sees them. So, you know, I think if we want to start thinking about, well, what are the things of God, then that's probably not a bad place to start for us. And none of those things are, th are, uh, are things for namby-bambies. Uh, each one of these things uh, take courage uh, and take a readiness to step into places of uh, where, where there is human suffering, where the gates of hell, where there is present that, uh, that that humans aren't experiencing uh, the goodness of God, life in all its fullness. So I, I, I would want to put to you to, to be thinking about if you want to live your life contemplating the things of God and not the things of man, then maybe we kind of ease off on TV and the media and everything telling us this is what you need to be fulfilled and um, and start to see how in our daily life we put into place the Beatitudes, um, standing up for truth, standing in compassion with others, living in humility, um, being merciful, seeking to see things as God sees them. So I just put that to you as, and be thinking about how then do you interpret the world? How do you understand what comes to you? How do you respond to what you're called to respond to? Uh, that the, the divine things are, there's hints and, 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 and stuff for us uh, in the Sermon on the Mount if we want to pursue the things of God, not the things of, of man uh, and uh, things of humanity. I want to then uh, pick up on this uh, instruction of Jesus of taking up your cross. And some of you would have heard of me speaking of this over the last few years and maybe this being my last time to share with you uh, in this role, uh, maybe it's a good t uh, it's uh, serendipitous that I can uh, revisit this theme that was really right at the start of my time uh, as moderator. Uh, so, um, so let's turn and look at uh, that uh, that question of what does it mean to take up, to deny ourselves and take up our cross and to follow Jesus. So Jesus says uh, after this confrontation uh, with Peter uh, and after him uh, speaking about what his journey will be, what he's discerned his journey is going to be, Peter then says to the disciples, uh, I think in Luke it's he speaks for the crowd, uh, but uh, in Matthew, speak, Jesus speaks to the disciples and he says, well, if anyone wants to uh, follow me, uh, then they have to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him. Uh, and um, I, I, I want to call your mind back to uh, if you're a, a member or part of um, the, I think it was the 32nd Synod, uh, when we had Brendan McKee, that wonderful, charming 
Irishman from WA uh, come over and lead us in the open space process that we engaged in in that synod. Um, and Brendan uh, spoke uh, uh, about uh, this this issue of the way of the cross and what is it. Now, Brendan, uh, Catholic, and he come he came out and he still is in the um, the Pace Bene tradition of Franciscan. Uh, uh, Roman Catholicism. So Pace Bene means uh, peace and all good, and it's a part of the Franciscan uh, journey and tradition within the Catholic tradition. Uh, and I, I found his reflection on the way of the cross incredibly compelling because you know, I'm a simple bloke and I need a bit of, I need things explained um, uh, to me and, and, and I need some sense of practicality about how do you do this, what is this all about. So let's just pick up and revisit that from um, those many um, years ago. Um, And the first point is um, this question around denying yourself. So, so this is this is this is not about giving up chocolate for Lent. This is not about um, the aesthetics uh, that uh, we're sometimes called into in discipleship, fasting, and all that kind of stuff. this, this is about letting go of your rights. Uh, this is letting go of your sense of um, what you think you deserve or what is due to you. Um, uh, and uh, it, the, 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 the Greek kind of connotation to this is if you had the right, say, to a piece of land or you had the right to, to some form of ownership of something, uh, then then that's where this deny yourself really kind of, this, that's the context of the meaning of that word. Uh, so denying yourself is, to, is, is here, is to letting go of what is yours by right. Um, so it's not about giving up coffee for Lent or anything like that, um, good that that might be. It is about saying I, 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 I let go of what, 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 Humanly is my dues, my, my what's owed to me, uh, and and in that sense, it's 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 um it's a bit like baptism, really. You sense a sense of letting go of yourself and being uh, lost in God, and then um, Jesus then Jesus talks about take up your cross, and the the Pace Bene tradition is a part of the the, the nonviolent tradition. Um, uh, of discernment and and Brendan for me laid this out um, in a very clear and compelling way that seemed to me to be really um, for someone trying to be a disciple of Jesus uh, quite compelling. So to take up the cross, to take up the way of the cross was to was to live for the kingdom, um, was to speak and and to to, to live out what the kingdom. Is, is is about so there you go there are the beatitudes again the divine things so you start living and you start speaking and you start calling for those things um, to be a part of the life of um, your circle of experience your circle of influence um, and, and you articulate those things and you call out those things in the life of your community and uh, the way you order your own life he said, inevitably, then speaking and living the kingdom and calling for it uh, will invite um, some resistance. Will invite 
um, people who, for whom the current order of things are quite good, thank you very much, um, they will not like that. They will enter into some kind of resistance to you. Um, <clears throat> Gandhi, well, no, it wasn't Gandhi. It was said to be Gandhi, but um, apparently he was a trade union leader in uh, the late um, 19th century, early 20th century, who was really the, the corner of this phrase, um, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, and then they fight you, and then you win. Uh, and um, and so this this idea that is, as Christians we need to be getting used to the idea that we will be ignored and we will be laughed at and even fought against if we're going to live the kingdom uh, in a way that's true to uh, the life of Jesus. So there's a sense if you're going to take the way of the kingdom, be prepared for that kind of level of resistance. Um, and be prepared to be uh, scapegoated or be prepared to be mocked or uh, be prepared um, to have people rise against you for what you are standing up for because the current order of things favours certain people and and disempowers, marginalises and disfavours other people. And the fundamental truth of the gospel is that we're all children of God. Uh, and that we all have um, a dignity that our human society is called to respect. And where it doesn't, that's where the kingdom needs to be spoken and lived and demonstrated and called for. And people will not, some people will not like that. So this is that call to live it and to be prepared for the consequences of living it. But he also talked about the way of the cross <clears throat> Is, uh, involves the Garden of Gethsemane. It, it involves a time where you have to die to your own solutions. And um, you might think, um, well, this is what the kingdom's got to look like in this space. Well, for the kingdom to be emerged, uh, the way of the cross is saying, uh, sure, bring your idea to it, but be ready to let go of it too. Be ready for it to be informed by others, be informed by um, by. By, by faith, by the tradition, be ready for it to be informed. And that means your particular solution, what you think is the right way, the right thing that has to be done, you will have to die to. Like we've seen, we really see in the Gospels where Jesus does the Galilee campaign and has to let go of it and has to turn and go to Jerusalem and has to go to the Garden of Gethsemane where he says, let this cup pass from me. So there is in the way of the cross a stand, and it's kind of paradoxical, a standing up for the kingdom and articulating of what the kingdom is, but also <clears throat> a letting go of how that's going to play out, a, a, a humility, a letting go. And, um, and, and there's that space then, um, after having been through all that of waiting and letting emerge what God calls to emerge. So that you see that in the way of Jesus. You see it in the early church. You see it in as Paul speaks about what it means to be the church, um, to let go of what we think is the right thing and to allow God's thing to emerge because God's things will emerge because God is present in, in the world. And that's Pentecost is, the, is, the, is what emerges after the church waits. 
And uh, and I, I think of the times and seasons where um, I've sought to be true and sought to then bring something forward to emerge that I think is the right thing and it's blown up in my face um, or I've sought to help emerge something and you, you realise that there just comes a point of time when you have to let it go and understand that God's at work here. Uh, and for me to push it further than, uh, than than I should is to actually get in the way of God, uh, and and I, I've, that really speaks very truly to me. And and that things emerge because God's Spirit's present in the world. So so the way of the cross is standing up for truth, being ready to demonstrate it and live it, being aware that others will not like it and resist it. Being ready to let go of that, whatever that final manifestation might be, and being ready to wait and to be faithful. So I don't know about you, but I find that I find that really helpful about my daily life and about my work with the life of the church or my work anywhere. That at the end of the day, I can bear witness, but I have to let go. I find that incredibly liberating and I have experienced that new stuff has emerged because I've been ready to do that um, and that, that level of kind of silence. So as we've kind of thought about this passage today, um, that issue around being ready to discern what you think is the right way and being open to hearing what another more challenging way might be, that's a part of the discipleship. Having on your mind the things of God, not um, not the th- human things, and thinking about the Beatitudes, maybe a way in which we can um, <clears throat> explore what those things of God are, and uh, understanding that the way of the cross is has got some really practical steps to it: speaking, of articulating, demonstrating, living being aware of resistance and being aware that at times we just, there comes a time when you have to let it go and let God emerge, uh, call forward what God will call forward. So I hope uh, I hope that little reflection on um, this turning point in the gospel is helpful for you and that as you live your life and as you live your life particularly as a Christian community uh, uh, in your family or in uh, in life of a congregation of the church or a ministry of the church, that, that readiness to bring and that readiness to let go and that readiness to, to wait uh, will be yours uh, and that in doing that also will be the blessing uh, that God wants to bring to you and to the environment in which you're living and ministering. Thanks for listening. Every blessing. Bye for now.
Let us pray. Lord, we come before you to thank you for this world that you have created for us. We bring this world before you. There's so many things happening across the world. Political unrest, economical difficulties and challenges, wars, famine, injustices among cultural groups and religious groups. And Lord, many of these are being forgotten with the present COVID pandemic that's taking the limelight. Lord, we come to you asking you to be with our world leaders. Give them wisdom and compassion as they make decisions. May they seek your wisdom as they lead their countries. And may we all work together to solve our current issues. May we as a people learn from this time to be more diligent in our caring for the world, that we would be smarter, less destructive and polluting. Lord, we love you and we pray that we would be the best that we can be in caring for this world that we live in and for one another. Amen. Gracious God, we pray for the hurting parts of this world and those who are feeling lonely, and suffering in this present time. We pray that you would extend your arms to embrace those who are in need of your touch and lay your hands on the wounds of those who are in pain. We uphold those who are more vulnerable than others in the community and those who are mentally, spiritually, financially, relationally, and physically suffering in our world. We ask you would bring healing and restoration to them and speak to their hearts the words of life that they may know your presence. We pray for our government leaders, schools and teachers, medical practitioners and carers, and families in our community where their frustrations and fears might be. Be our light and peace, O God. Be our strength and hope. We pray that you would shine your face upon them and your grace would reach the world through your servants who faithfully play their parts you've assigned them. We pray that in the midst of darkness and uncertainty, you would enable us by your Holy Spirit to trust and hope in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Good morning from the Scots PTC College. Uh, we are going to do the prayer of intercessory, and so I would like to introduce the students as we pray for our land and for our leaders. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and who are all in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. God, we thank you for those in authority, federal, state and local government, as well as our police services and all who minister laws. We pray for their families that mostly carry the pain of their stress. Lord, we thank you for their leadership shown by our government during the present crisis of COVID-19 taking courageous action. We pray for the patience of our people as they obey the decisions made by our government. God, we thank you that our Prime Minister Scott Morrison is a disciple of Jesus and that he prays for our country. We pray that you will give him wisdom and understanding as he takes a godly stand. Lord, we pray that you give him the humility to cope with this stressful position with authority and with honour. We pray that those in authority can approach each relationship they have with kindness and an attitude of openness. We ask you, Lord, to guide their conversations with Christ-like love and humility. Bless our leaders with wisdom, servant hearts, and a desire for justice and fairness. We are closing with a prayer for our land, Australia, by Sabo Marbo. Creator God, we pray for this land, our culture, our customs, our languages, our people, and our nation. Gather us together to look after this land so that the beauty of our Mother Earth may be preserved for all future generations. Jesus, our brother, give us your grace to be united in one mind, one heart, and in one action so that we can continue the journey of reconciliation to solve the division of our growth and enable all Australians to work together in love, peace, and joy. We ask you, God, the Holy Spirit, overshadow us with your presence, especially this, our nation. We ask you to guide all people so we can truly learn and have a better understanding in the knowledge of language and culture of this land, Australia. Amen. So we've prayed for the world. We've prayed for the community. We've prayed for our leaders. Will you please join with me as we pray for the church? Let's pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for your church, your church right across the world, your church within this country, and your church, the Uniting Church. We thank you that as brothers and sisters in Christ, as the hands and feet of Christ, and as the body of Christ, we get the privilege to come together to worship you, to join in community and to raise our voices and our praise, to learn from scripture and to be sent into the world. Lord, we thank you for our church. We thank you for what it means within each of our own lives, our own families, and in each of the communities in which we have the privilege to be able to have a presence as your church. Lord, I thank you for the hope for the trust, for the love and the grace that we are able to show our communities and beyond through our local congregations. 
Lord, I thank you that we are your hands and your feet together. And you told us that we can go and do even more than what you did. And together, as your body, as the church, locally and globally, we live that out each and every day. Lord, I ask your blessing on who we are as the Uniting Church in Australia and who we are as the Uniting Church here in Queensland. We ask that you continue to guide us, to provide us the wisdom and your discernment that we need to continue to be places and people that take your love and your grace and your mission to the world. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. And so wherever you are in this moment, we invite you to join with us in saying together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For, For the, the kingdom, kingdom, the power and the, the glory, glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us. And uh, it's been uh, fantastic to be able to just have a sense that uh, this service is uh, heading right across wherever it plays in the life of uh, uh, Christ Church. Um, that's the wonderful thing about the, the technology we have. But uh, just as we finished, I just do want to um, uh, uh, give thanks to uh, Kath Bean and uh, for her coordinating of uh, this uh, of this service and all those who've participated. Hopefully, you've seen it as an, also an opportunity to see the wonderful. Uh, uh, diversity of the life of the, the church in Queensland. So every blessing, thank you for joining us and uh, go well in your life in Christ. Bye for now.